Welcome to Council 4 Unplugged. This is the podcast of our Council 4 AFSCME Union. We are proud to represent 30,000 employees in the public and private sector throughout the great state of Connecticut. I'm Larry Dorman, Council 4, and alongside me is our co-host, Renee Hamill. How are you, Renee? I'm doing great. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, it's happy. This is our uh, first in-person podcast in a little over two years since the pandemic hit. So uh, excited to be here. But we do have something pretty serious to talk about. The uh, subject of our show is literally bad blood at the American Red Cross. And we're going to talk about the fact that frontline blood collection workers across the country are in a fight with their employer. um, And they're fighting for safe staffing, affordable health care in a fair contract, and we are proud to represent employees here in Connecticut at the Red Cross. So our guests are going to be AFSCME Local 3145 President Joe Tyne. Uh, Joe works as a blood collection technician at the Red Cross, and as I said, president of our bargaining unit. And alongside Joe is our Council for Staff Representative Scott Soares, and Scott represents Local 3145 in negotiations and in a national coalition of uh, unions that represent workers employed by the Red Cross. So we are grateful to both of you for being here. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Scott. And let's get right into it. Renee? Many folks recognize the Red Cross through their disaster relief programs, but the corporation is also in the business of collecting and processing blood. Can you tell us, Joe, about the work your members do at the Farmington headquarters and across Connecticut? So uh, AFSCME members in Connecticut uh, do everything from intake and vetting donors to delivering the blood to hospitals. Um, We collect, we process, we test, and we deliver the blood. Um, We handle a large percentage of Connecticut's blood supply. Uh, And chances are, if you or a loved one has gotten blood before, an AFSCME member has handled it at some point. Can you describe some of the um, jobs that um, local 3145 members perform for the Red Cross? For example, you're a blood technician. What other other job titles? Um, So we have nurses um, who uh, run very specialized machines involved with uh, blood collection. Um, We have lab technicians. Um, We have um, drivers. Um, And it's a a bit of an oversimplification, but that just about covers every every job. I mean, there's a lot of things in between, for sure. Um, But when it comes down to it, I mean, those are the biggest, biggest portions of collecting blood is collecting it, processing it and then driving it to places. Right. And, and certainly, and, you know, as long as I've been at Council 4 and um, worked with your local, uh, I'm, I'm always impressed by the fact that uh, in the end, what seems to unify, what does unify all of your, your work is uh, this incredible concern for the safety of the blood supply. And, no, absolutely. I mean, that's safety is, is probably number one, two, and three. For us, you know, we're, we're always thinking about safety of our members, safety of our donors, and then the safety of the people who receive that blood uh, at the end of the day. Um, and, and you can't really put one above the other. I mean, they're also important to us. A local 3145 is part of a nation, nationwide coalition of unions representing Red Cross, Red Cross blood collection workers. Uh, who are some of the unions in the coalition and why did you all come together? Scott, this question is for you. So back in 2014, 
Um, the Red Cross came to us um, for various reasons, one being that they were running into some financial hardships, partly because there has been some, there has been some advances in medicine over the previous um, 10 or 20 years where the, blood, the need for blood wasn't what it used to be. Also, um, they, there was, there's been increasing competition for the Red Cross. There are now other companies out there that collect blood. So they came to us to, to uh, partner with them to try to solve this problem. And um, we um, made various financial concessions, um, including um, changes in our pay structure. And one of the things we got in exchange was a national health care plan, which was beneficial to both sides because the cost of this plan was a lot less expensive than it would be for individual groups around the country to, um, to, to participate in. And during subsequent contracts, the Red Cross has tried to uh, reduce the benefits and increase the cost to the workers for this health plan. And to us, this was a renege on what the original deal was supposed to be. So this time around, we've run into a problem where we cannot agree on a health plan, and what's on the table is just not something that we can bring back to our members in good faith because of the, um, the increase in costs and the reduction of benefits through the plan design. So uh, we're at a point now where it's getting very critical in the negotiations as to where we're going to go because if the Red Cross doesn't work with us to get a plan in place that's going to be acceptable to our members, we're going to have very few options left. Can you tell us who are the members that belong with the coalition? So there's 10 international unions that are involved in this, um, AFSME, AFT, CWA, IBEW, IUOE, OPEIU, SEIU, UAW, UFCW, and USW. So this is a full representation of like the labor movement. Correct. So these are all, all these unions represent uh, multiple locals um, throughout the country. And our guests here on Council for Unplugged are Joe Tyne. Joe is a blood collection technician at the American Red Cross, which is headquartered here in Connecticut and Farmington. Uh, and he is also president of our AFSCME Local 3145 Union. And alongside Joe is Scott Soares, who is a staff representative with Council 4 and advocates for the local in negotiations both locally and as part of a nationwide union coalition that we've been talking about. Uh, so, Joe, I'd, I'd like to ask, uh, the, the coalition selected May 9th as a national day of action for Red Cross workers throughout the country. And would you mind explaining what the purpose is behind the day of action and what you're planning for Connecticut? So the purpose is, is twofold, I think. Um, first and foremost, we want to keep our members engaged across the country. We want to show them and uh, have them prove that, that their action will uh, help this national negotiation process alone by, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, by showing the Red Cross management team that we are unified, that we are standing together and we're not going to stand for anything less than a fair contract. Uh, what we're planning here in Connecticut is a rally for a fair contract. Um, we're going to uh, get some folks together this Monday um, 
have some speakers and uh, really show that that us in Connecticut are ready to fight uh, for uh, for a fair contract. Yeah, and this will be Monday, May 9th at 6 p.m. at uh, our Council 4 headquarters in New Britain, so we really hope that we can see a lot of folks there to come in solidarity. We've been reading news accounts that Red Cross workers describe the organization's uncaring attitude towards the pandemic and its workers as a slap in the face, saying that morale among workers is at an all-time low. Is that why we hear the phrase heroes to zeros? Yeah, I think I think it's probably common for a lot of essential workers through the pandemic. Um, you know, we went to work every single day. There was never a uh, stoppage of work. Um, we went to work from the beginning of the pandemic through the end. And in, in a lot of cases, we had no or improper PPE. We struggled to get um, cleaning supplies that were adequate to keep us and donors safe. Uh, we were using our own PTO um, if we were out on COVID leave, leave for a, a work exposure. And I mean, through the pandemic, we have signs out front in Farmington Avenue that say heroes work here, right? So uh, the blood supply is important. It is, it's very important. And I think anybody who works at the Red Cross in, in whatever capacity they work at the Red Cross understands that we're there for a mission for sure. But at the end of the day, you need to realize that we are still, you know, we're part of the labor force. We, we are there to make, um, you know, make a living to support ourselves and our families. And, you know, as the pandemic is, quote unquote, winding down, to now have to argue and fight tooth and nail for a fair contract after we gave, in some cases, quite a lot, in some cases, everything to keep this business running, it's a slap in the face. And, and that's why we say we're heroes to zeros. This question is for you, Scott. The coalition of unions that represents Red Cross workers uh, actually delivered a letter and called on the head of the Food and Drug Administration, Dr. Robert Califf, to urge Red Cross management to deliver a fair contract by May 31st um, because blood safety obviously is uh, part of the responsibilities of the Food and Drug Administration. Um, So May 31st is the expiration date of the coalition contract, what could happen if there's no settlement? So if there's no settlement by the uh, end of the contract, we're going to have to put all options on the table. And it's not something that we want to do because the workers themselves take great pride in their work. And they come to this organization because they know they can make a difference. And our ask in this contract negotiation was really just to maintain our health benefits as they were. And the Red Cross has, like I said earlier, reneged on their promise to us that they would um, provide health care, adequate health care to the members. And that is just simply not happening right now. So we've been negotiating with the Red Cross since September, and it is now May. And this issue has been at the forefront the entire time. So we've gotten to the point where there's really not a whole lot left to talk about if we can't solve this in the next couple of weeks. So while we don't want to take any sort of drastic action, uh, we do have to leave all options on the table. I think a lot of people can empathize what the Red Cross workers went through through the pandemic and your fight for fairness and respect. How can AFSCME and other union members help Local 3145 and the union coalition representing Red Cross workers? Um, so there's a couple ways. Um, I think the one that I would direct people towards first, 
uh, is we currently have uh, a form letter that folks can put their name on um, and send to Gail McGovern. Um, and uh, that's probably the best way right now. That's what we're kind of pushing. We want uh, the management team to really understand that this is this is not going to stand. You know, there's support for it, and they're not going to get away with um, with gutting our health care uh, without people knowing about it. Um, and the other way is, you know, uh, follow your local union, follow one of the unions on social media that, that represent Red Cross workers and reshare stuff as it comes out. You know, really, really make people aware of what's going on. Just so our listeners know, who is Gail McGovern? Uh, Gail McGovern is the president of the Red Cross. Thanks, Joe. And uh, for those of you listening to our Council Forum Plug podcast, you can actually go to the show notes of this program and the link to that letter Joe talked about is there. So you can send a letter to the head of the National Red Cross, Gail McGovern. It would be incredibly helpful for people to do that. And I want to thank our guests, Joe Tyne, president of AFSME Local 3145, representing Red Cross blood collection workers right here in Connecticut, and Scott Soares, who was a staff representative for Council 4 and represents the local in negotiations and international union coalition. Thank you both. You know we have your back, and this is a a long fight, but it's uh, for a righteous cause. It's for the safety of the blood supply and the protection of the donors, and we appreciate everything you're both doing. Thanks for having me, Larry. And I'm Larry Dorman, alongside Renee Hamill. This has been another edition of Council 4 Unplugged. So excited that we could all be back in person, Renee. And we'll return next month with another podcast. Until then, remember that you've been unplugged. As always, thanks for listening to our Council 4 Unplugged podcast. You can find us on all major social platforms by searching for Council 4 AFSME. Our website is council4.org. My name's Larry Dorman, and you've been unplugged. <laughs>